Book Talks Podcast. This is Kayla. And Marissa. And this week we read Part of Your World by Abby Jimenez. <laughs> Thank you for forever for sending us six copies. We really appreciate it. We're reading it and recording it early so we can release an episode the week of their book release. So this book was went on sale April 19th and we are releasing the episode on the 22nd. So real close here. No, I, I really like it. I love Abby's books because I feel like they always have real life not like real life issues, like everyone has the same issues, but like, I don't know, they're not like rainbows and sunshine. Like Mm -hmm. it's like girls dealing with like not most glamorous issues. And then it's also still really cute because it's like this awesome love story in it. So I'm a big fan of hers. I love all her, all her books. Which ones have you read by her? I think all of them. Um, (laughs) The Happy Ever After playlist, Friend Zone. And then I read, there was another one. I think it was like Life Short. Life, yeah, Life's Too Short. So I think, and then I think this one, so I think she only has four out. Did I read the happy, happily ever after playlist? I can't remember. I didn't know which one you read first. They kind of go in order. Those do. That's right. Because I'd read it out of order and I kind of wish I'd read it in order because there was things that were missing. Um, this one's technically in that world, but none of the characters overlapped. Like she mentioned, um, which, Okay spoiler alert we will be spoiling the book we always spoil the book that's why we release it after the book is released still doing release week but yeah we're gonna dive deep into this book we're gonna talk about our feelings with this book we actually read it a little bit ago because but then i got sick because i got not sick but I got allergies and i just like sounded very nasally and i just like was really tired so we're recording it a little later on friday night actually <laughs> on tax day um our holiday our holiday <laughs> big friday night plans well, my friends actually wished me happy tax day multiple mm. of them actually and i was like that's you guys so sweet so i was like plot twist it was moved to monday but whatever yeah yeah my dad actually asked me why tax day was moved to monday and i was like i, I don't know i literally had to google it it's good friday yeah and passover april 15th will always hold a special place in my heart where was i going with this Oh, why? <laughs> Where people from the other books came in into this book? Right. I think it was two parts. Um, I think they mentioned Josh. Uh, I think the guy was like cousins with Josh, who was right. another main guy from I forgot which one. I think the first one actually. And then they also mentioned the blog. Um, I'm forgetting all their names in the old books, but in the third book, the main girl was like a fa- uh was like a blogger, like a video blogger. And she was mentioned going to that banquet in this book. So, oh, they were like two overlaps, but um, they're really small. And yeah, the other books are definitely more like closely like related. Like the couples like really came into her other books, whereas this one was like completely other side. I forgot part of the country the other three books took place, but it was not near. Are we near Cincinnati? Was that the city? Rochester. But what was the city that she worked at? Ro- Rochester, right? I don't think so. I'm pretty sure she was Rochester and he was walking. I really don't think it was Rochester because Rochester's not really a city at all. Sorry to people who live in Rochester. <laughs> Minneapolis. I still have a two-hour drive from home, stuck on some lonely stretch between the funeral home I just left in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, and my house in Minneapolis. So is the hospital in Rochester? I think the hospital is just called like something like Rochester. 
Rochester's like in New York. Uh, it's also in Illinois. Oh, because I'm from Rochester, Illinois. <laughs> I was like Rochester. Well, Rochester, New York is pretty small, so I don't really know what Rochester, Illinois is like. I was born in Rochester, Illinois. <laughs> Which also, you don't have a real birth certificate because your hospital is so small. So there is no way that she lives in Rochester. (laughs) I don't know why it says here at the end, it says, for the first time in town's history, we have a real doctor. We didn't have to drive, oh, to Rochester. Walken, the people of Walken would drive to Rochester for their doctor stuff. Got it. What a mess. I don't remember any Rochester mentioned, but I probably wouldn't have picked that up. you were you were talking about all the stories though and multiple stories. Did you see at the end it said stay tuned for Bree's story? Yeah, I'm excited for that. I do hope she falls in love with his friend. Doug? Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> Cuz I, I want to be back in that town. I really like small yeah. towns. Yeah, and I feel like where they worked and all the people in that circle were really toxic and Bree kind of knew it. Like she wasn't friends with Alexis's friends so it'd be nice for her to get out of that toxic environment and be with someone who's down to earth I also love all of Abby's books how they always have recipes in the back so I read that she's a food network winner so I wonder if that's why oh and she's the founder of Nadia Cakes Bakeries I actually on Life's Too Short I bought it at Barnes and Noble. I think you're with me, and it was like a like hidden signed copy. Like I'm pretty sure she just like went in yes. and signed some copies, and I look. I didn't even notice it until I got home, and I was like, and it had like an office sticker on it too, which was also mentioned in that book. And I was like, what are the odds, man? So very pumped about that. No, she's one of my favorite authors, romance wise, and I always recommend her to people. Like. The Gunnings have all read all three of the other books already, and they're excited to read this one, oh, too. Wow. So I I always read about her. So this was, like, really pumped. Whenever I messaged Marissa, that big, you know, I don't think it was actually this book, which we were really pumped about this book because this is the first time, like, a publisher answered us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so Woo-hoo, making it. But, yeah, uh, I guess we should give a synopsis. We should. Do we just want to read off the back? We can. It's kind of a lengthy. By synopsis. we, I hope it's you. Yes, I can. I can read it, but it is a little lengthy. So, the synopsis says: After a wild bet, gourmet grilled cheese sandwich, and a cuddle with a baby goat, Alexis Montgomery has had her world turned upside down. The cause: Daniel Grant, a ridiculously hot carpenter who's ten years younger than her and as casual as they come. The complete opposite of sophisticated city girl Alexis, and yet their chemistry is undeniable. While her ultra-wealthy parents want her to carry on the family legacy of world-renowned surgeons, Alexis doesn't need glory or fame. She's fine with being a mere ER doctor. And every minute she spends with Daniel in the tight-knit town where he lives, she's discovering what's really important. Yet letting their relationship become more than a short-term fling would mean turning her back on her family and giving up the opportunity to help thousands of people. Bringing Daniel into her world is impossible, and yet she can't just give up the joy she's found with him either. With so many differences between them, how can Alexis possibly choose between her world and his? Okay, I'm going to say the obvious first, and then I will bring it up again because it really stuck with me, this whole reading. This is just like Addison Montgomery from Grey's Anatomy. It was the first thing you texted me when you were reading this. Because So she's Ginge. She has red hair. She is very, like, she's from established family 
which I believe Addison from Grace is also like from established medical family, very wealthy. Remember whenever Izzy like got the inheritance money, she like went to Addison's like, oh, you have a lot of names. You're really rich. Like, what do I do with this money? Um, So got fives there. Addison has a brother who like is kind of the golden child, but also does whatever he wants. Um, I did like that she was a twin. I wish that was more prominent. I feel like they didn't need to add to get a twin. Like, I feel like it would have just been like, you could be an old brother and sister because I didn't really like do twin things. No, I don't know why they added that detail, but it was fine. I was mad at him in the beginning. Why? I would have been hurt if he just like left me to deal with my parents alone. Yeah, but he was out falling in love. He might have his own book out there somewhere. He, at least he could have came up for that funeral too, though. Like, (laughs) yeah, that was kind of weird that he just skimped on the family funeral. Just like left her to deal with all her, all the family issues. And she knew like he was the golden child. Like, I don't know. I would have been peeved as well as her. I think she was over it, but like, I think I would have been the same way up and like, you're really leaving me to deal with them. Also the fact that they were so close, like they're twins, they're described as so close, but he didn't mention his girlfriend to her until after they were married. Uh, So I guess I'm going to list three things that I absolutely like made me mad. And then three things that made me happy and you the same thing. (laughs) Okay. So first thing that was her ex fiance, literally the worst human ever. Neil. (laughs) Yeah. Like. Okay, maybe that's the worst human ever. I'm sure there's people that are worse, like serial killers, but... <laughs> Neil? Serial killer! <laughs> he sucks. <laughs> Number two, her friends in the air... Not Airbnb, in the bed and breakfast. Mm-hmm. Absolute worst. Like, when mm-hmm. she's gonna give the star review, I was, like, gonna go take her phone and just throw it out the window. Yeah. Maybe I don't have a third one. Oh, just her pa- her parents. Her parents. Yeah. Hands down, her parents. Um, but awesome. yeah, those are three things I hated. No, you can go. And then we can go <sighs> things we loved. You chose the three, the three easy ones. <laughs> oh, yeah, you can't, you can't copy me. <laughs> okay, you can do things you love, like, next. Like, you can do it before I do it. Okay, okay. So three things I hated outside of the three things you chose – I hated that Alexis hung out with her awful friends over Brie, which is why I am excited to see Brie's story, because obviously Alexis and Brie were closer, but we didn't get a lot of chapters with Brie, so that sucked. I hated, oh, I hated the age difference. I knew you were going to say that. (laughs) I am just... Okay, so the thing is, I really like reading about older women who haven't found love yet because it gives me hope since I'm turning 27 in a few months. And she was she was actually like almost 38. So she's 10 years older than us. But, you know, it kind of gives you hope, like love can sneak up on you no matter the age. But the thing I hated was he's 10 years younger than her, which maybe I should just get my prejudices out of my head. But I just get a little bit of a nick, just a little bit. I hate that I hate it too. Yeah. Like I wish I didn't mind because I think it's just like literally cultural culture norms. Mm-hmm. And it's just like getting out of this like, I guess almost prejudice against age, ageism. 
Like, I don't, yeah, like, whenever I go on, like, dating apps, like, I set the men to, like, my current age. Mm -hmm. Like, I couldn't, I don't know, I always say I couldn't date someone 21. I do think women mature faster than boys. (laughs) That's true. I do think Daniel was an exception, um, but no, I mean, I hated it, too, and I hated myself that I hated it. Yeah, I hated that I hated it. Uh, I think, for me, it's... I don't know, like the older I've gotten, the more uncomfortable I've gotten with age differences. I used to be like, oh, age is just a number. But now I'm on like TikTok and I'm seeing these young girls with these really old men in kind of like predatorial behavior. And I'm getting like this mom instinct, like, no, girls. (laughs) Because I would date somebody 35. I would. I'd date someone 35. Like that, like... Yeah, like, but that's also, they're 10 years older than me. Like, whenever they were 25, I was 15. It's just so weird, age things. And Mm -hmm. even, like, girl guy age, like, whenever there's, like, people who love, like, big age gaps, and they're, like, whenever they're doing, like, those TikTok things of, like, tropes they love, they're all, like, oh, like, age gap romance. I'm just, like, no. Like, (laughs) absolutely not. Out the door. I'm cool with 10 age, 10 year age gap, and that's where I kind of draw the line. I like to ignore that all the fantasy books we read about the Fae are like hundreds of thousands of years old and the girls are 16. I kind of just ignore that in my mind. And in my mind, they're both 20. Well, they look like they're 20 anyway. So does it count? (laughs) Uh, That is, that is a point. And it all stems from Edward Cullen. (laughs) (laughs) All roads lead back to Edward. He was like 90 something, right? Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he looked 17. <laughs> uh, oh, that's man. when I knew Rebecca was my perfect mentee at work, is that when she told me that Twilight was her favorite series ever. And I said, it's a love hate for me, but it's always going to hold a special place in my heart. The fact that she's rereading it is solid commitment, though. <laughs> Okay, you got two things you hate. What's the third? Okay, I, I while we were on that little tangent, I did think of a third one. And it's the cop, the abusive cop. Oh. And that whole situation was just so upsetting. Yeah, I didn't like that either. Was not a fan. Was not a fan. This was, also, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I said, I was just gonna say, abuse is really big prominent in this book. Mm-hmm. But I feel like she handled discussing it well. Yeah, I do too. I really liked how I forget the girl's name. Uh, Was it Liz? Liz or Lynn? I forget. I think maybe Liz sounds more realistic. She, I, I really liked how they had the conversation with her and basically gave her all the resources to get out when she was ready, because it's the one thing that I feel like I've heard a lot just growing up and like you watch the datelines or you watch whatever you read about it. And people always say like, until someone's ready to leave that situation, you can't force them. So the way Abby Jimenez wrote about it and like, they gave her all the resources. They said, you'll have a place to stay. We'll come get you document things like whatever. We're going to be here when you're ready. I love that. I liked it too. I do think like, I know therapy is great and I probably should go seek that. <laughs> but Alexis, like she went what to like a couple months of therapy and she was like 
oh, I am healed. I see the world magically. Whenever she like reflected back on like her relationship with her father, it like all just clicked to her with alcohol therapy at all. And I'm like, I don't think it works that magically. Yeah. Not that I know I haven't gone to therapy. And and again, I should, but. (laughs) Well, I just feel like she was in basically abusive relationships from the time she was born. She watched, she watched her mom be abused, emotional or manipulated, I would say. And then she and her brother were kind of emotionally manipulated. I don't think their father was ever physically abusive, but the way, like the lens in which she saw the world was through very abusive lenses like and her mother never stood up for them and so then she went and got married to a man basically just like her father which is so creepy but we all apparently do it (laughs) I'm like okay one year of therapy is not going to cure 37 years of that mental state (laughs) but you know like you said we all probably need therapies yeah and I get it's a book it has to be fast tracked but yeah like she basically said like oh I stopped going after a couple months like I was happy which I feel Mm. like you probably shouldn't do um yeah it just like all clicked mentally healthy a little too fast for me I just feel like there are some more hurdles to go mm-hmm. um I felt like there was like she definitely like didn't want to fall in love with Daniel and she did anyway which I kind of like I don't know I don't know if I love or hate that trope like I can't put the trope down but it also makes you want to like yell at them be like oh my god just get your shit together and just be together I know but um I feel like she didn't present any like big drastic relationship issues that she had in the past like there were some things where she was like really insecure about the relationship or like whenever she would wake up put makeup on like that kind of stuff like there was things that like little things that she threw in but I feel like she didn't have these like big trust issues that you would expect after having t- like 37 years of abuse that's that's a good point I really didn't think of that as I was reading it but she was very trusting with him. Literally, he showed her his baby goat and she was like, you can have me. It's like, this is it. We're good. It's all you and need. For those wondering, that was not a sexual innuendo. He actually has a baby goat. I, yeah, I like, although I don't really know if I want a goat in pajamas. I don't really know that I want a giant pig running around my town. <laughs> Okay, so things we love. Okay, what are some three things you love about this book? Three things I love. Oh, I I love Doug. <laughs> when they first presented Doug, I thought he was like a total dweeb and was going to be kind of the butt of all the jokes. And then he starts dishing out. You see all these tabs on my book? All of these are advice from Doug. As I was reading through it, I literally just kept being like, advice from Doug. Got to mark that. Got to mark that. Got to apply it to my life. He was so wise. I, so I, I love Doug. I would be a big fan if him and Brie got together. I feel like it's got to be them. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I think um, they'd be cute. I thought it was funny when they're all like, did he try and sing to you? <laughs> <laughs> I like, I, that, I guess that's another thing. I like the small town vibe community and how they like all know each other. Like they knew Doug was going to try and sing to her. Like, oh, it's Doug. Did he sing to you yet? which is cute. Small town vibes. I feel like I love reading about them. And in my mind, I think I would love to live there. But also would I get bored? The thing is, I feel like in my I'm in the city and I isolate myself a lot. I'm a homebody to my core. Like I just love being home. 
And I feel like, especially going on like the city, like it's a big event. Whereas if you live in a small town on Friday night, I wouldn't mind going to like the local pub. I just feel like it wouldn't be (laughs) that big of like a social commitment. Mm -hmm. So I think I actually would be more social in a small town. Like if I went to go tonight, it would be a very big task. And like, I just don't have the energy to do that. I think it's kind of like they're all just one big family. And so you're comfortable around your family. You can see them. They can drop by. So you're social with them, but it's not a commitment. No, I love reading about small towns like always. And I hope to one day live in a town where like, like Gilmore Girls. I just have a hard time finding a town like that. Like, do towns like this actually exist? They they do in, like, the rural Midwest. Uh, I don't know if that's, like, where you want to settle yourself. Like, Gilmore Girls is perfect because they live in this really tiny town and they have a bunch of, like, carnivals and stuff. And they have, like, like town hall meetings. (laughs) And But it's, like, still, like, I think 30 minutes from Hartford, Connecticut, and also, like, like, an hour from the city, which I think would be perfect for me because I can like have my small girl, small town girl vibes, but also I can go to a mall. <laughs> I also have this thing where I can't be landlocked. It's like a real issue that I have. Like okay. I need to be within like 30 minutes of water or I am not okay. Interesting. I don't have that. Is this because you're a water sign though? You're a water sign too though. I am and I'm living in the desert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that would like when I went to Vegas, I felt claustrophobic. I was like, there is no water near. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I guess I grew up on an island, so that it kind of makes sense. But being in Mississippi, I felt like actively claustrophobic because I was not near the ocean. Mm-hmm. And in the city, I'm fine because I live on an island now and I lived on an island my childhood. But yeah, no, I don't think I do God in the Midwest because or any of the middle because I need to be near the water. Oh, interesting. You could you could live in Michigan and be near the Great Lakes. I think that would I think that would suffice for me. I don't know. If, I'm not, I haven't tried the lake aspects. <laughs> Maybe it tricks my mind. <laughs> it's sad because most days I don't leave this apartment anyway. So how would like I know how would you know? Water? <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, oh, oh no, there's no ocean nearby. I can tell that's a lake. <laughs> like it's it's a like, I'm claustrophobic when I'm not like when I was in Vegas I was like why do, like how do people live here there there is not water in sight wow yeah I mean there's not it's desert <laughs> we we literally get our water from Colorado so. okay so you listed one you loved Doug two you love the town love the town what's your third thing three I love I mean I loved a lot about this book I don't know wait this is hard how did I come up with three things I hated when I loved this book we always can talk more about things we hate it's just like the rule (laughs) of life the books we Marissa dislike the most are like our funniest episodes yeah like I I forgot what book we talked about was like a romance we're like it was like 30 minutes recorded. We're like, oh, we really liked it. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember that. We had like nothing to talk about. Whereas like when we talked about the hating game, we went hard about how unrealistic that book was. Yeah. When we don't like a book, we talk a long time. <laughs> 
And the thing is, Marissa loves a hating game, but I think that book is just so unrealistic. I mean, all romances are, but that was just like, I don't know. There was like no plot, like line. I just felt like it was like, yeah, it was, it was, I don't know. I guess one other thing I liked is that she found her purpose. I, I liked that at the end because I actually was kind of wondering what her purpose was going to be because I was like, I, I, I don't know. I, I guess this is always amazes me about authors when they can take a topic they don't know anything about. I mean, because Abby Jimenez isn't a, jo- a doctor. She's literally like a, a food person and an author. Um, but then she was able to write about the medical world and even come up with this whole like clinic thing, clinic idea. And I was like, oh, I didn't really see that coming, but that's great. I feel like right now we're in a pretty big like turning point in our lives mm. because we're getting settled in our career and we kind of like up until this point, it was like, okay, we just got to get a job. Okay. We got to do good in the job. Like now we're kind of like in the stagnant point where like, do we want to stay in this job? <laughs> Is this what we want to do with our lives? Which I think is like stemming from like, I think from like, I think COVID maybe a lot of people think. And like, I feel like this is just like, we're getting back to normal life. Do we still want to do this? So I felt like I really related to her in that point because that time when she was like, I'm work- I'm living my dream job. I'm working 80 hour weeks, but am I happy? No. <laughs> And there's a lot of times where, like, I've thought about that. Like, I, I've i dreamed about this job, which I question my sanity every time I said I dream about accounting. But I generally like what I do. Like, I enjoy the work I do. But, yeah, working that long, like, sucks all the life out of you. Mm-hmm. And it makes you question what you're going to do with your life. And I just feel like I really related to her when I read this book. Like, I just got, like, right now it's, what, 9 o'clock on a Friday night, and I just got off work, like, a half an hour ago an hour ago and I'm probably gonna turn it after this to finish work paper like it's just hard like you said we're at kind of a moment where I I think it's it's kind of like having adrenaline like uh, it's what I relate it to because we always knew what we were doing like you go to school you do your homework you get good grades so that you can apply to college you can go to college get good grades so that you can get a job and then like we're at the job and it's what's the next step now we're not being told what to do and the adrenaline's out it's like oh I actually have to make decisions about my life now it's and like hard. back in the day people started getting married at like 20 <sighs> which I Don't guess like we probably me. could do that but I think like require <laughs> dating um but like the thing is like wedding wedding age is moving back like it's, yeah. it's not in the 20s anymore it's more in the 30s and people are just like living life in your 20s but like that was the next like when I grew up like that was what I thought came next like I got the job I got the husband and like I got kids and that was it but that's not the story anymore like and I don't know what I'm supposed to do and I feel like I wanted to think I read these books and I want to do things that mean something in this world but like how do you do that what actually means something (laughs) um no I just like I really related to her in this point also concerns me because like what she was like 38 she worked her whole life to get to that point in her career like am I gonna be 38 reflecting my life like what did I do with my life mm. I mean 38 isn't that old but like it's not that young either 10 years from now yeah for me so I got what 13 but still a lot I mean, a lot of things can happen I mean she basically engaged in like a year Okay, so three parts I love when Daniel stopped giving a shit and just started listing his work for like thousands of dollars and it just sold and he was just like, ah. 
I did uh, forget about that, but that was, I did like that. And I feel like she pushed him to list his work for much higher. So it's like, even when they were separated, they were making each other better, which is how you know they were meant to be together. I mean, also though, like the whole summer, she didn't just like dip from work. <laughs> she did. <sighs> but yeah. she found her real purpose in the, in the process. So the, the, you know what? The, the verdict is out. This is a healthy couple. <laughs> yeah i guess there's like some truth to that though that maybe no relationship is completely healthy because you are having to make compromises to your life and give up pieces of who you are to be with someone else and so the question is like especially in our day and age where we're taught to be strong and independent and you don't need anyone you shouldn't have to need anyone when you're in a relationship, you are giving them pieces of you. Like she was sacrificing her job to drive those two hours to be with him. And he was sacrificing. I don't know. Was he sacrificing? He probably was. <laughs> but, you know, it just, I don't, I don't have the like, uh, what's it called? Wisdom to, I don't know. I don't have the experience to know what a healthy relationship looks like. So <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if I do either. I've seen a lot of unhealthy relationships. <laughs> um, yeah, also, I don't know if I would drive two hours for a man every weekend. <laughs> yeah, two hours there and two hours back. And some of those times she was driving like the morning before work. I could Crazy. read so many books in that time. I mean, I guess you can <laughs> listen to audiobooks, but like, I don't know. I love audiobooks, but the way that I can escape in a paper book is just it's just just not compare mm-hmm. um but yeah uh I don't know it's, I would have to really like them if I was driving four hours every weekend like really like them but okay so things I loved I loved the way Daniel stopped giving a shit when he got his heart broken <laughs> I love the magic of the town I guess she did say small town, but, like, I love when the old man, I forgot his name, was, like, oh, the town chooses the people, and, like, how whenever mm-hmm. she was trying to leave, the town just, like, threw, a, like, the log down. It was, like, mm-hmm. nope, you're not leaving. Or, like, they uh, he they did the acorns on those girls. Like, I yeah. fully believe that town was magic. And not in, like, a weird, creepy way magic. Like, it was, like, a really, like, uh, like, the first snowfall kind of magic. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I wasn't a huge fan of that aspect just because it takes it from like a real world book to a bit of mysticism. But I agree. It's kind of like when, you know, the first snowfall or whatever, I, the acorn scene was just a little out there for me <laughs> because they were like, where did these acorns come from? But other than that, I thought, I thought it was all very subtly done. Yeah, I love, like, when the, fa- when the flowers fell when they're, like, walking home and having a kiss. I'm like, oh, that's magical. That was cute. Um, And the, well, the fact that there was, like, lightning and, like, not caught in the sky was a little weird. But, like, I kind of, like, when the lag fell, it was like, no, you really can't <laughs> leave. <laughs> you yeah. gotta work this out. Um, what else did I love about this? It's hard, right? Like, yeah. I love the book, but I can't think of specifics. I don't, so... I weirdly love and dislike this part. I like how he took care of her. Like he, he like took care of her too much. Like I was like wondering like, when did she reciprocate? 
Mm. But I also thought it was really adorable. So I also really liked it. I don't know if that counts, but I kind of loved, hated it. That counts. I actually kind of hate that in books when I, I feel like some of these female authors write the perfect man. He does everything right. He pleases the woman. He makes her food. He cleans for her. He's so great. And it almost makes me not like the woman because I'm like, get your ass up and help. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I'm like, what is she doing around the house? Like, I knew that she worked a lot when she had her old job. But like, when she started working at the clinic, I feel like she wasn't like working that much. And he's Mm. like, oh, like she'll come home and I'll cook for her and then I'll make the bath for her and then I'll give her a massage. And I was like, okay, I get it's really romantic and romantic here and there, but like, that's really unsustainable as a life, like as your lifestyle, unless like that's your job. But also like, I feel like you learn to resent that person. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, I thought it was cute when I read it. And I was like, oh, like he loves her so much. Like it's so sweet. But like, also like I kind of hated it. <laughs> yeah. Like long-term doesn't really work. And also I feel like she can pull her weight, you know? She could draw her own bath. It's fine. (laughs) And also just her being like, I don't know how to sweep the floor or dust the shelf off. What, What do I do? Like, I know you were raised really wealthy, but come on. You should be able to do your own laundry at 38 years old. Yeah, I did get a crack whenever she, like, didn't know how to turn that power back on. But also, <laughs> it was a dick move for Neil to just turn the power off. What a manipulator. Like, that's nuts. <laughs> I That's what makes it hard for me because at the end, I felt like they tried to redeem Neil. And be, he was like, you know, oh, I've been going to therapy. It was the best thing for me. I'm really sorry. But I think about all the things he did. And I'm like, I don't know if I can forgive you, Neil. <laughs> you were a dick. Like the way he would tell her that she smells bad. And then like, right before an event, I was like, that is cruel. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Not a Neil fan over here. No, not at all. But I did get a kick out of that. Yeah, she did seem like pretty like incompetent to a like lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, I did like how she like kind of got her hands dirty and helped him clean the house. Yeah. I was kind of bummed that it wasn't a, 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 a B&B anymore. But I also knew that he couldn't. Like, I wanted him out of that garage because she's 30 years old. She gets, I pictured it kind of like they like. The bed didn't have like a bed frame and like it was kind of just like a mattress like on the in like the roof of this like shed. And I was like, you're really gonna take like a like a world class doctor up to your shed shed loft. Yeah. Like I, I like I don't know, like I get it, like that's just him and like that's his lifestyle, but like also like you do have a house right next to you with like real beds. And his excuse to be like, Well, we can't do things where my grandparents used to sleep. There were like six rooms. You could have chosen a different one. <laughs> He's like they're not made up. I was like, why? <laughs> why? <laughs> uh, yeah. She was a good sport. Like if I went to a guy's house first time and I got mud all over me, a mm-hmm. pig ran into me. There is no way in hell I'm staying there. I mean, there's no way in hell I would have gone with him in the first place. <laughs> That is the start of to a murder book. Like Abby could have so pulled us over and just like pulled on a straight murder mystery to us right here. Yeah. I I really was like, you're not making wise choices for a 38-year-old right now. 
That's why I love rom-coms because they are always unrealistic. Like if if my car breaks down in the middle of nowhere and and a strange man comes up to me and be like, oh, let me tell you, no cost to you. I'm going to get suspicious. suspicious. Mm-hmm. The next thing, I go into this dive bar, also in the middle of the no- of nowhere, and I just, I don't know, I just feel like, and this guy walks up to me and I go home with him. Like, that is literally how to get murdered 101. Yeah. And he's charming. And he's like, oh, my friends have a bet whether they can take you home. Like, oh, I'm so charming. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, he's the best. You don't have anything to fear. That, to me, is like, okay, I have so many things to fear right now. Ted Bundy right there. Honestly. The whole town's in on it. <laughs> this is what they do. They just, they all smooth talk one girl and then they all chop her to bits and sell her, sell her body parts. <laughs> we should write a book. <laughs> it's so funny because I am the biggest romance reader, but yet all my plot ideas involve death. <laughs> <laughs> you would sit down to start writing a romance and in the first three chapters, someone would die and it turn into a murder mystery. <laughs> feel like they're funner to write um yeah no I wouldn't I I wouldn't do that I would think I would just stick it through and just like be hungry like she wasn't gonna keel over also the closest town was 40 minutes away you're telling me you couldn't make it 40 more minutes instead you're gonna risk your life for some grilled cheese also, so she went to a bar that had food. I mean, the food wasn't good, but there was food. Yeah. So if you're really that desperate, just have the damn like fries. <laughs> like you really could have go with a random man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I love romance books. Literally, we'll read them till the day I die. But they're just so ridiculous sometimes. They really are. I will say, despite some of the ridiculousness of this book, it did have good serious themes like about you know abuse about finding your purpose about um even just about like their relationship in general I do feel like it was a good relationship I know we've dogged it a lot but I do think they made each other better which is something I look for when I'm reading romances like do they improve the other person and I do think they improved each other and the one thing I just hate and you kind of touched on it earlier is in these romance books when it's like so clear they belong together and they're like oh but we can't oh we it's just it's too hard we can't oh but we should no 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 we shouldn't and they go back and forth and back and forth and it's like just make up your mind and be together like we know you're gonna be together I don't know why it frustrates me so much it's funny because books like that I can't put down but also yeah I'm like are you kidding me (laughs) really <laughs> really uh, oh another thing I loved was the tubing I just want to go tubing you know, down a creek I was kind of surprised that she this like fancy doctor who always looks like a model put together wealthy parents would slum it in the river in a tube I I want to go tubing I got yeah. that's on my bucket list for sure I give this book a five out of five I gave it a five out of five on goodreads it was I- really good I was like genuinely shocked how much I liked it because I don't normally like romances as much as you do. And I pick them apart, like without getting too off topic, I just finished Hook, Line and Sinker and I didn't love it. And I know it was one that you really liked, 
but so I feel like I just pick romances apart because I'm like, oh, it's not real. It's just not how it would go. But this one loved like from start to finish. Hook, Line, and Sinker was a bit cringe. Um, I can't, I don't think you can write the steamy scenes the way you do without being cringy. True. Um, again, this one was pretty much Fade to Black mostly. Like there were some scenes, but like in the beginning for sure, Fade to Black, mm-hmm. which is fine. I do miss it occasionally, but um, she didn't need it. Like the this plot and the story and the characters didn't need the steam. Right. Whereas Hook, Line, and Sinker needed it. There wasn't really much that besides that like i don't mm-hmm. really feel like i could tell you the plot and i read it like a month ago i like that trope where it was friends and lovers yeah and it was like kind of like oh like we can't be together but we want to be I, I maybe i do like that trope i think you do i think you do like that trope <laughs> like i read a lot of books like that yeah maybe i just want the yearning i just feel like if if you're that conflicted about it, it probably means you want the guy and you should just go for it. Yeah. I I like the yearning. I think that's why I like mm. it. And it's not this like unrealistic, I'm going to hide behind hate. Mm. It's more of like me internalizing and overthinking everything. And I feel like that's pretty realistic to common life. Like you, you, everyone's their own self-sabotager. Um, yeah, I guess I like them. I mean, they drive me nuts, but like... <laughs> you keep reading them <laughs> yeah it's an addiction um but yeah i got a five out of five i thought it was it was a really quick read and like i felt sad and i kept on thinking about the characters like after the fact um mm-hmm. which i feel like that's a true testament it's a good book like so there's some books like i finished a book last night and like i don't even remember how the book ended like i just i read so many books mm-hmm. whereas like this one like i've been active like i after finishing, I actually thought about the characters and like, I was like, oh, I wonder how they're doing. I'm like, oh, wait, they're not real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I I think about the town of Walken. I've thought about it a couple of times, like since then I've been like, I kind of want to go to that bar and just like hang out with the town. I want to play bingo. I know. I want to run bingo. Maybe we need to move to a small town. We'll get a little house that we like that wouldn't cost a lot. And we would just, you know do a simple nine to five job and like work I don't know make have a have a reading club or something (laughs) is this you and me we're buying a house together now (laughs) yes it's our only way to stay together you moved across the country from me I know Marissa had me reading two back-to-back thrillers after this yeah so the next book we're reading is an honest lie by Taryn Fisher and then the book after that, we are doing, we have a special surprise, but it will be oh, on yes. the murder rule by Dervla. I can never pronounce her last name, McTaren. Yeah. Um, so we have two thrillers coming up next. So my romance heart is going to take a break, taking a breather, unfortunately. But um, no, we're really excited. We have a really great season. We have a lot of new releases lined up and this is just the start of them. Um, so thanks for listening. Uh, have a good day. This is Kayla and Marissa. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Book Talks Podcast.